Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. You know, uh, in Hosea 4.6, it says that uh, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Okay? Uh, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. And one of the things that is really, really, really frightening in this day and age is that uh, how uh, illiterate people are in the Bible. Okay? And not outside of the church, but inside of the church. Because of uh, you can hear that in the way people act and in the way people say God has spoken to them. Okay? I'm telling you that uh, being a pastor, one of the main things you have to put up with, you have to listen to a lot of stupidity. Okay? It's just, uh, it's just incredible what people can say that God is saying. Okay? Uh, this is just... Uh, I'm just... I'm just shocked about it because of uh, they don't know the Bible, uh, and uh, we're not talking about people who who never goes to church, but we're talking about people who call themselves born again Christians, but still they don't know the Word of God, and um, and it's something that is very important to understand that the Holy Spirit never contradicts the Bible. Uh, do you understand? Because the word says that he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And the Holy Spirit, he is the author of the word of God. So he's not going to contradict himself. So, so like, uh, I come to a stage where I say, you know, that uh, I, I spoke to someone, I said, you know, I, I can't even be bothered about that nonsense. Because, you know, like, I, I know a pastor, you know, when I, when I go somewhere, when they always ask me, how is the hotel room? So I said, that's fine. Never give it a thought. So I said, why are you asking me? And I said, because of the other pastor who came before you. <coughs> oh, we always have to change hotel room because that one is not good enough. I said, what? Uh, every hotel room looks the same once you close your eyes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you're just supposed to sleep there. You're not supposed to live there. Yeah. And, uh, and it's just like I'm just embarrassed about, no, on behalf of preachers that you can behave like this. And as I said to him, you know, try next time, just book him the same room he had last time. See what happens. <laughs> and if he says it's not good enough, but it was good enough last time. But it's just because we have this thing about, I want to feel important or special. But the Bible talks about it, wherever you go, eat what is put before you. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. And, uh, and like, you know, that's, uh, you know, I get a lot of these emails and uh, text messages from people because they know I'm talking about tithing and things like that and, and you know I hear all sorts of things I said you know I, I can't be bothered anymore if you if you if you don't tithe it just shows your level do you understand you know Hebrews talks about there is different you know but some are, are babies and some can handle strong meat did you understand but the thing is that babies don't have authority. Yeah. You, you, don't give, you don't give the car keys to a baby. Okay? No, you have to be an adult to handle authority. And, and it's, it's so much... I said sometimes to God, God, uh, I don't know how it must be you. 
I, I feel that I sometimes have to put up with a lot of stupidity. Uh, I can imagine what you have to put up with. Yeah. Do you understand? But we have to understand is that uh, we have to li we're living in a time where you know, Jesus, he talked about the end times and he said that you know, he talked about the Antichrist and one of the things that is quite striking is he said that when an the Antichrist shows up he will actually say I am the Christ okay not meaning saying that uh, you know like the person stands up and says I'm, I'm Christ that's not what he means Jesus he says that the Antichrist he will show up and then he will actually say Jesus is the Christ did you understand? He's not going to say, I am, uh, but he's going to say that Jesus is the Christ, but he's still anti -quote. You know, but I, many people, they can, you know, the, the devil, he quoted verses to Jesus. Can you imagine that? He, he, he knows the Bible too. And, uh, and we say, so, so, so we're living in a time where it's so important that we know what the Word of God says. Because if we don't know what the Word of God says, we got led astray. Yeah. And now you have to understand, the way we get led astray is not like, don't believe the Word of God. No, that's not how he does it. You know, he, he diverts your thinking. <laughs> Did you understand? And I believe that many sermons and many preaching today is a diversion from the focus of what the Bible is about, which is about Jesus. You know, the Bible talks about if he's lifted up, okay? When he's lifted up, we are here to glorify him. Amen? Amen? Not, 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 uh, not anything else, uh, him. Remember when I drew uh, how the Israelites were camping? You know, that the tabernacle was in the middle, in the midst. And, and all the Israelites, they, they, they camped so that they faced that the tabernacle was in the midst. And I believe it's so important today that we understand that we, we must live a life where Jesus is in the midst. Amen. Do, you, do you understand? You know, that when we talk about you prospering, it's because we prosper for the sake of the kingdom. Yeah. Do, do, do you understand? I mean, of course, if, if you prosper for the sake of the kingdom, of course you prosper too. But we don't prosper for the sake of prospering. We prosper because we have a purpose. Yeah. Amen? You know, but uh, if, remember when the night of the Passover, the, you, if you're reading it, the Israelites, they were told, that was just after the firstborn had been killed, I think it was, the Israelites were told to go to the Egyptians and ask for their possessions. And they did, when they left Egypt, they left. Can you imagine? You got four hundred years of salary paid out in one go. <laughs> in one, in one, in one go. They got, no, they brought all the silver and gold out from the wealthiest nation in the world. Why did they do that? What, what was that prosperity for? The prosperity was for building the tabernacle. Did you understand? And so, so it's very, very important we understand what it is the Word of God says. Like, uh, I heard about this guy. You know, he, he, he was a supervisor. And so he went to a church, to a Sunday school. So he asked the kids in the Sunday school, 
who knocked down the walls of Jericho? And then one of the boys said, not me. <laughs> and uh, the, the supervisor was a bit surprised. So he went to the pastor of the church and told him about it. I asked this boy about who knocked down the walls of, of Jericho. And then the pastor said, I know his parents and I, they are good standing in the church. And if he say he didn't do it, he didn't do it. <laughs> so the supervisor, he was really puzzled. So he thought that he, I'm going to ask the, this, the what, what do we call the superintendent in that church nomination. So he he went up to see him. You know, he's it's like the bishop in in the in the charismatic churches. So he went up to him, and so this, so this superintendent he said to him, "Yeah, I heard about this wall. What is all this about this stupid wall? Just get free quotes and get it fixed." <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you know. He didn't know too. <laughs> Mariam is possible. You didn't know who knocked down the walls of Jericho. I, I, I better speak to your pastor. <laughs> okay. But you understand? There, there is such a huge lack of knowledge. And my people are destroyed for the lack of knowledge. And I'm telling you that... Uh, let me see. You know that... I believe God wants to heal. Do you understand? I, I, I've seen it, but I will also say that I've seen many people don't get healed. Do, do you understand? It's just like I believe God wants to save everyone, but I've also seen many people who don't get saved. And I'm so glad that I don't need to do a funeral for someone who's not a Christian. It must be a horrible thing. Do you understand? And, uh, but remember what I shared last Sunday about the, 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 the crippled man. I'm ahead of myself. Now, now, remember when Peter and John comes out of the temple in the beginning of the book of Acts? Yeah. And there's a man who's asking for money. Yeah. He's at the temple. Now, have you ever given it a thought? Why was that man not healed when Jesus was around? Have you ever thought about that? No, Jesus, he was at the temple. Yeah. <clears throat> but you know what? It's, it's those who comes to him. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the Bible says, we shall knock and it shall be opened. Seek and it shall... But very often we feel like Jesus should come to me. Yeah. No, it's us who should seek him. Do you understand? It, it, like, it, it's actually interesting that he was, he, 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 was, he was there at the temple. Jesus was around and still he didn't reach out. Okay? Now, uh, you know the word that faith comes by hearing and hearing comes by the word of God. Do you understand? Now, Lotus, it says hearing. No, it's something continually. Do you understand? Hearing con consistently, not just hearing once, but hearing consistently. Yeah. You, you know, we, we, faith does not come by what we have heard. Faith does not come by what we know, but faith comes by what we are hearing. So like, like when we were in the, in the, when we were in the desert, we could not, uh, you know, some people... I don't know if they were English or, or Danish, but they tried to save some of the manna for next day. 
Do you understand? No, we, no, we, we grab more than we need it. So we save some of the manna for next day. And uh, it didn't work. Yeah, I, I remember Lester Sommel, he shared this testimony. He was in China and there was a woman. He prayed for her and she got healed. And then she came up again. And she said, why are you coming up again? Did you not get healed? She said, yeah, but you're leaving soon. So I, I just need a prayer in reserve. <laughs> she was like, can, you, can you put the prayer in a box here? No. It's not how it works. Do you understand? Faith comes by hearing. Hearing, hearing, hearing. And if you don't have faith, keep hearing. Do you understand? And that's where, but because we are living in a day and age where we've been brainwashed to, for, we, we want instant solutions. Do you know that anything that comes instantaneously, most likely, is not good quality? You, you know, when you really want to treat yourself, you don't go down to the street food cafe. That's not, you know, because food is very quick. Do you, do you understand? You know, uh, what is the measure of quality is that it takes time. Yeah. Okay? That's where like, I told you about, the, we have this thing about slow food and fast food. Okay? Fast food, the food is waiting for you. Slow food, you wait for the food. Yeah. Right. Do you understand? If you, if you talk about wine, what do we say? You know, wine, the older the wine is, the more expensive it is. Yeah. Do you understand? It, it takes time. I, I remember when I spoke to Larry about the difference from a Toyota and a Lexus. Five seconds. Okay? Because of the Toyota guy who works on the Toyota, he got 56 seconds to do the thing he has to do on, his, on the car. And when the next car comes, and we have to do the same thing. He got 56 seconds. So I asked, what happens with a Lexus? You got four seconds more. So I don't. So you. So four seconds make a world of difference in when you're buying the car. Okay, but so so many times. When I, and this is the sad sad thing about when people don't get breakthroughs is because of they don't consistently hear. Do you, you know that they can't, they, You know that one of the things that a lot of showed me, and you have to understand this is very important. You you ca- catching this because. Uh, God expects you to grow so that you one day you you can you can you can get it yourself with confidence. I remember Kenneth Hagen he shared a testimony about his son and uh, when he was a child and so on and so forth Kenneth Hagen he he could pray for his son and the son got healed and got whatever he needed from God by his dad's prayer. But one day Kenneth Hagen said, uh, Kenneth, uh, it's a bit confusing because the son is called Kenneth Hagen too. So, so Junior, he, he had a need. It's a bit strange to call a man who's 70 years old Junior. <laughs> okay. so, so Junior one day had a need, so he went to his dad. So his dad said, you believe for it yourself. Because now you are grown to a certain stage. Okay? Because he prayed for him, but nothing happened. But it wasn't that God didn't want him to have it. Do you, do, you, do you understand this? It's because now he had grown to a level where he could get it himself. Yeah. And it's very important that this is where God wants all of us to be. Now I'm not saying that you shouldn't ask for prayer, but there is a time where God wants you, you can get it yourself. 
Do you understand? When, when, when kids are small, you play airplane just to get the food into their mouth and all sorts of things you do to get them just to open their mouth and, and even when that's, the food ends up all over the face. Okay? But if you do that when they're 20 years old, there's a problem. Did you understand? There's something wrong with that baby if you still have to play airplane. Okay? It's something that is not normal. And it's the same thing in the spiritual sense that, that God wants all of us not to be babes, but he wants us to be adults. Okay? But the thing is that we, we only get to that level by hearing. Okay, so, so, so but, but back to this thing, the Israelites, they were told, face the tabernacle, put the tabernacle in the midst. And I'm telling you that if you put Jesus in the midst of your life, if it's him you live for, if it's him you work for, if it's him who's in your relationship, I'm telling you, the problems in relationship is because Jesus is not in the midst. The wife wants something from the husband. The husband wants something from the wife, which none of them can are equipped to fulfill. Yeah. Do you know that? That's why that when Christians we we don't marry to one another, we marry to Jesus, because it's, the husband or the wife cannot fulfill your greatest need of approval. That's only God who can do that. But if you want, if you expect that from your spouse, you will be very disappointed because he or she is not equipped to do it. Uh, did you understand? No, that's like, so, so everything that struggles is often because Jesus is not in the midst. Yeah. Do, do you understand? If you struggle with your finances, maybe it's because Jesus is not in the midst. Do, do you understand? And, but the thing is, that the, the, the lie has come in now. There is a different way. You can, you can expect God to bless you not following the Bible. And that's a lie. Did you understand? Yeah. You know, is anyone who touched him who got healed? Yeah. Did you understand? And anyone who sought him who was found. And, out, and, and, and outside of the Bible, there is no Jesus. If you want to know Jesus, you find him in the Bible. Do you, do you understand? You find him in the Word of God, because not, not in always feeling. And, oh, I can feel something. Now, that's good if you feel something. Wonderful. But if what you feel is opposite to what the Bible says, you better get rid of that feeling. Yeah. Do, do you understand that? And, uh, and you know, that I read something that I was just... Uh, you know, if you have a DVD, I can, can I just encourage you, what's the passion of the Christ again? It is, you know, I like the scene where he's praying in the garden. And when he stands up, and when you see the snake, and when he yeah. put the heel on the snake. Amen. Okay? Yeah, I, I, and, uh, but it, it's so good to be reminded of, uh, of, the price that Jesus paid. Do, do you understand? You know, like when, when he was beaten, when he was uh, humiliated, and all whatever you mention it, you know, it's, and, and what we show in a movie is nothing compared to what happened in reality. Do, do you understand? And, 
He did that for you and me. So when, if you are sick, you, you, when you see that he got beaten by his stripes, you are healed. Okay? When you see the price that he paid for you, okay? So, but, I, I was reading through, uh, do you know, you remember when, uh, when uh, Samuel, he was the prophet, and uh, Samuel's sons, they didn't behave the way they should behave. Okay? And uh, it's actually interesting that Samuel, when he grew up in the temple with Eli, Eli's sons didn't behave. It actually is the same picture. And uh, so, so the Israelites, they see that Samuel's sons are not behaving. So what they're doing is that they, you know, they, so they throw out the system because they think it's the system that doesn't work. So that's why so the Israelites, they say, we want a king. We want to become like every other nation. Okay? Now, what they should have said, no, we want a proper prophet. Right? That's what they should have said. They shouldn't have said, we want a king. We should have said, no, we don't want those two to become uh, followers or take over from you, Samuel. We want a proper prophet. Yeah. Okay? A proper priest. And, um, and what happened is that it's not God's will, but God says, okay, I will give, you, give them a king. And when he tell, lines out all the way through Samuel, about first uh, book of Samuel, about what that king is going to do to them. And the Israelites still say, I, uh, we want a king. We want to be like any other nation. And, uh, and the interesting thing is that God gives them something he didn't want them to have. Have you noticed that? God gives them something that they didn't want. Sometimes God is like, uh, you know, the Israelite, they complained about the manna in the desert, and then he sent them meat. So much meat, they got sick of it. Okay? And so, so just because you're getting it, don't mean you'll be blessed by it. Do you know what? I've seen that many times with relationships, people, they. They, they, they want to marry, and they want to marry, and they want to marry, and they end up marrying someone, but that marriage does not become a blessing. Yeah. Did, you, did you understand? Uh, because of, you want that thing more than you want God. You want that thing because I want it, I want it, I want it. And it does not become a blessing. Yeah. And, but out of that, when Samuel, he's told by God to find uh, to anoint Saul. Okay? And, uh, and actually, you can read a small detail if you read it, but you can see that when Samuel anoints Saul, he actually anoints him with a bowl of oil. Not with a horn, like with David, but with a bowl, okay? It's just a small indication of, it says, he won't make it. <laughs> okay? You know, that the Bible says many are called, but few are chosen. Okay, I've seen many people who have great callings upon their lives, but they never get into it. Because of one thing, because of what is on the inside of them. Okay, In, uh, and, and, and I always thought about what was Saul's problem. You know, Saul, it says, he was the tallest. He was tall and handsome and skillful, came from a wealthy family. He had everything. And when the prophet comes... And he becomes the first king. Okay? 
Now, you have to understand that many of us, we sometimes think, if I just have this, if I just have that, if I just get it, then everything is okay. No, what is, what is important is that your inside is just as strong to carry what you get on the outside. Okay? And um, so in 1 Samuel 10, 16... No, it says, uh, no, this is where Samuel, uh, he's talked to uh, Saul about him being king and he, you know, he, he couldn't find the sheep and so on and so forth. And when, he, when, when his uncle comes, and when he speaks to uh, Saul's uncle, and when Saul speaks to his uncle, and, and when he says, and Saul said unto his uncle, he told us plainly where the donkeys were, were found, but of the matter of the kingdom, Whereof Samuel spoke, he told him not. And you know what? One of the things that is so important is that we know who we are in Christ. Yeah. Amen. Do you know what? It's not, it was not arrogance when Jesus said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Do you, do you understand? That's, that was, that was, that was, that's confidence. Yeah. But it's arrogance if someone who is not anointed to say the same thing. Did you understand? But the question is, why did Saul not tell his uncle about what the prophet had told him about the kingdom? Okay? And I believe that it was because of, you know, you will see that through the lines of, Saul had a problem with the fear of man. Did you understand? And the reason why he had the problem with the fear of man is because he didn't see himself as how God saw him. Yeah. You remember when I talked about, when I said about, they came to John the Baptist, they said, what do you say about yourself? Mm-hmm. And when, uh, when John said, I am a voice in the wilderness. Mm-hmm. Okay? So here, so he, he didn't say to his uncle what Samuel said. In First Samuel, t- uh, this, uh, the same chapter, verse 26 to 27, and Saul also went home to Gibeah, and there went with him a band of men whose hearts God had touched. This is after he's been announced as king. It's 27. But the children of Belial said, How shall this man save us? And they despised him and brought no gifts. This is Saul. But he held his peace. But he held his peace. Do you know what? If you get invited to a world thing in a, at a Buckingham Palace, you will be told to bring a gift. Okay? And some guy down there, he will ask you, where is the gift when you arrive? Maybe I should do that to a birthday. <laughs> Someone who, very stern looking. Where is... <laughs> no, but... But, they, they, but you have to understand here, now this was, been, uh, this was basically at the coronation of Saul as the king. And there was a group of people, they refused to respect Saul as the king, as God had appointed. And he says, but Saul didn't do anything. But Saul did held his peace. Why did he hold his peace? You know, sometimes it could be, oh, but it's just a little group of people and it's nothing and just for the sake of the peace. But what he should have done as the king, he should have killed them. 
Do you understand? But why did he not do it? But I believe that it was because Saul never saw himself as a king. Do you understand? You know, it's one thing to know it in your head. It's another thing to know it in your heart. Do you understand? There's one thing to know it in your head. It's another thing to know it in your heart. I remember this pastor many years ago in Leeds. And uh, he was really very, very rude towards me. And there were some people. And, uh, and I remember I, I said certain things to him. And he laughed at me. And then the Spirit of God told me to tell him certain things. And if you don't do that, your church will implode. And he, God will take it away from you. And he laughed at me again. Within six months, he got kicked out of his own church by his closest friend. So if you have friends like that, you don't need any enemies. Okay? And, uh, and he went into depression. And then the Holy Spirit said to me, now I should go and pick him up. Okay? And uh, so he was in deep depression. He was sitting lying down on my couch every single afternoon talking and feeling sorry for himself and, and this and the other. And, and I, that's where I learned the face. Like when Jens speaks to me. <laughs> but one day, suddenly, he, he's, he, he jumped up from the couch and and when he said, like something I thought was so obvious, he said, you are Danish. <laughs> you know, like, like because of, yeah, he knew, knew in his head I was Danish. But suddenly, one, suddenly he realized I was Danish. You know, because I still didn't look Danish in his eyes. So he, yeah, if you ask, he's, yeah, he's, he's, but suddenly he realized I was Danish. Okay, and the same thing that with you, you that with God, you and I, we have to realize what we are. Yeah. Not just in our head, and, but in, in our spirit, in our soul, that we know. Yeah. That's right. Do you know, that, 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 like, in the early days of our marriage, there was really a struggle because of, yeah, if you asked us, are you married? Yeah, yeah, we are married. But inside of each one of us, we were still single. So, so instead of one will, there was two wills. I want to do this, but I want to do that. And I want to buy this, but I, when I want to buy that. Do you understand? So there was always... Be, and it was like... It was a mending of two wills to become one. And that was very, very hard in the beginning. Because of if you ask, are, are you one? Yeah, yeah, we are one. We, we have it up here, but we have to have it down here. If you ask Saul, are you the king of Israel? He probably would say yes. But when he's under pressure, he will still act like the shepherd. Mm-hmm. Do, do, do you understand? Non, non-confrontational. So Samuel said to Saul, and, and we can see more examples on that in, uh, in 1 Samuel 15. And Samuel said, this is what Samuel says to Saul, when you were little in your own eyes, you know, Saul saw himself as little in his own eyes. And 1 Samuel 13, 8 to 11, this is where Samuel said that he will come and do the sacrifice before they go to war. Okay? But, and when, I don't know, Samuel, now this is not an excuse for women, okay? The prophet came late. Okay. So they were waiting. When he waited seven days, according to the time set by Samuel, but Samuel did not come to Gilgal, and the people were scattered from him 
So Saul said, bring a burnt offering and peace offerings here to me. And he offered the burnt offering. Now you have to understand, he was anointed king, but he was not anointed priest. That's right. Uh, uh, the burnt offerings was only the Levites of a prophet, of a priest, who were allowed to do that. Not the king. Okay? But because people got impatient, the prophet didn't show up, the people started moving. Did you understand? Mm-hmm. You know, there was a great man of God called William Branham, great prophet. He was called to be a prophet. He could, uh, you know, uh, he could look at people. He could just he could tell you down to what number of house you lived in and how much money you got in your wallet or your registration plate of your car. He could do that. I, I saw one of his disciples uh, later on in life. He ministered in the same gift, and it was just incredible because the first half an hour, I thought he was just greeting people he knew. Until it dawned on me, he does not know these people. Okay, that was, that was how powerful that gift was. But after a while, have you noticed any gift can become familiar? That's right. So people, they said, we don't want to hear prophecies. We want teaching. We want teaching. We want... And he was not a teacher. So what, but he didn't want people to move. So what happened was, he started teaching. And I'm telling you, it was some ridiculous teaching some of it uh, and even started a cult called the Bramanites and, uh, and it was because he moved into an area where he was not anointed and Saul here now because the people started moving because they wanted to go to war but because the prophet was not here so they thought now we, we, we go home and when Paul starts see, the, uh, Saul starts seeing the people go he said, I better do something. I better do something. I better do something. Do you know, we see the same thing happen with churches today. They water down the message of the cross. Yeah. We, we, we don't want to talk about put him first. Mm. We don't want to talk about you need to live for Jesus. We don't want to talk about, you know, many pastors, they are even happy about we don't talk about tithing. No, you just rob your church members from being prosperous. Do you, do you understand? And so they water down the message. Yeah. And uh, so, so, so he does that. And he offered the burnt offering, verse 10. Now it happened, as soon as he had finished presenting the burnt offering, that Samuel came and Saul went out to meet him that he might greet him. And Samuel said, what have you done? Saul said, when I saw the people were scattered from me, and that you did not come, see, it's not his fault. <laughs> it's, it's Samuel's fault. Okay? It didn't really matter if Samuel was on time or not on time. Saul was still not allowed. Okay? Saul said, When I saw the people were scattered from me, and that you did not come within the days appointed, and that the Philistines gathered together at Michmas. Um, that's when you do. And then go to 14 in the same chapter. And so, so and then, when he says, But now your kingdom shall not continue. This is what Samuel says to Saul. Now your kingdom shall not continue because of your disobedience. The Lord have sought him a man after his own heart. Did you know what is interesting? I never, I always thought God said to David, You are a man after my own heart. He actually saying to Saul, But David is a man after his own heart. It's quite interesting. After his own heart, and the Lord have commanded him to be captured over. So this is where, because of the disobedience of uh, of Saul, Samuel says to him, "I'm God has chosen another king." 
But why did all, all the actions that Saul did, it wasn't because he was an evil man, so to speak. It was because he never understood who he was. Now that's why like, it's interesting that the first thing the angel says to Gideon is that you are a mighty man of valor. Amen? Amen? Because it's important, if God has called you to something, you need to see yourself as that thing. Don't be this false humility and say, oh, no, don't tell me I'm not anointed. Or, don't tell me this. But no, if God has called you, now you need to see it. Okay? So, and the difference is that King, uh, King Saul never understood that it was God who had put him on the throne. Okay? In, in, in 2 Samuel 5.12, this is David, after he became king. He says here, and uh, this is quite, this must be different. And David perceived that the Lord had established him king mm-hmm. over Israel. Okay? Mm-hmm. And David perceived that the Lord had established him king over Israel. And that he had exalted his kingdom for his people's, Israel's sake. Mm-hmm. Do you, you know, the reason for God anoints you and me. The reason for God blesses you and me, <clears throat> whatever God does for you and me, is always for the sake of other people. Yes. When God's goodness is seen upon you, it's for the sake of other people seeing that the goodness of God is upon you. Yes. Because as I said before, they cannot, they don't read the Bible. Yes. They read you. Yes. Do you understand? And when they see the goodness of God upon you, Second yes. Corinthians talks about that we are epistles. We are a letter, not written by ink, but written by the blood. Do you understand? So, when, so, so everything we have to understand is that when we prosper, when we, when we, we have breakthrough things, it's not because we are amazing, it's because God is amazing. And there's a purpose of it, so that we, we, we have to see it's for the purpose of other people seeing it. Okay? We are like the donkey. You know, can you, you remember the donkey on uh, Palm Sunday? That carry Jesus. Mm-hmm. If you have a, you know, you know, even the donkey walked on red carpet. That's right. And can you imagine if a donkey? They say, Hosanna, the king. Can you imagine if a donkey? You know, we 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 always have to remember who we carry. Yes. Do, do you understand? <laughs> but many times we can fall in, we can fall into the trap thinking when we say Hosanna oh, Hosanna <laughs> oh nice carpet here you know and now I know you all got I know what donkey you got in your head now <laughs> you all what sweat <laughs> okay <laughs> It will be a great deception. Okay? Now, what I want to talk about, this is what I really want, because I just want to say this, because, because what I really want to talk about is that, uh, can you remember a bit the tabernacle, in the, uh, the, the, the tabernacle in itself, uh, not, not the borders, but uh, where the holy, where the holy, uh, holy of holies, they are wooden boards that is around. And these wooden boards, 
they are now you have to every time we talk about wood in the Bible it's always to do with man or trees did you understand? That's why one of the psalms, I, I never understood that in the, but I think it's even a song, that the trees clapped their hands. So, That's right. Yeah. I was like, what? The tree. <laughs> yeah. And, but, that's, but trees is, as, is symbolic for, for man. Okay? That's why we as human beings, we should worship. Have you seen how a tree looks like? It looks like this. That's right. Have you not seen a tree look like this? <laughs> Okay, and so so tree is always a sign of humanity, and so so in the book of Exodus it says that uh, there should be in the holy of holies there's five pieces of wood, and it's uh, and that wood should be overlaid with gold. Okay, that that wood should be overlaid with gold. We know what gold is is divinity. Is what is to do with godly. So that wood talks about our uh, humanity. And uh, so there's these pieces of wood, if you can imagine it, you know, it makes a square. And uh, you can actually Google this, that one piece of wood, roughly at that time, is worth about a pound. Okay? Okay. No. No. I. Okay. One. But so. 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 But now that uh, that wood to make the tabernacle was put not on the ground, but there was a silver foundation. So if you so if you can imagine the wood is um, is put is like a, a plank, and then it's put not on the ground. But it's put in the silver foundation, mm-hmm. okay? And uh, the, and the, roughly that silver socket or foundation for each piece of wood is worth around a thousand pounds, okay? Now you have to understand with the wood, acacia wood, that is very hard wood that grows in the desert. That's you and me before we got to meet Jesus. We were in the desert, in the wilderness. But what happens? You got cut off from the ground. And you get shaped and put into redemption. But it's interesting that the foundation is worth a thousand pounds, where the wood is worth only a pound. Okay? And now with each piece of wood, you will see that, no, no, you, you'll find that you can Google these images and uh, they, they, they are, what, what can I say, there are two holes for each piece of wood where the plank is plugged into, mm. which talks about death and resurrection. Mm. You, know, it's not in, you know, it's not just that Jesus died, it's also about that he, was, that he rose again. So, so, I, so if you ever thought about where did we get all the silver to make the silver sockets? You know, but uh, there, is a, there, is in the, there is a custom with the Jewish people that every Jew has to pay half a shekel. And they call it, they're calling it the redemption tax. It doesn't matter if you are poor 
or if you are rich, everyone pays half a shekel. Remember when they came and asked Peter, does your master not pay temple tax? And, that, and the reason point is the same for everyone. It's because it's, it's the same blood, either you're poor or you are rich. It's the same blood that saves you. Yes. It's the same blood that redeems you. Yes. Okay? So, so now imagine, is that, that, that plank of wood cut off from the, from the ground? Mm. That's why, like, if you ever get sick, and you go to the doctor, what is the first thing the doctors ask you? Has anyone else in your family these things? No, if you, I don't know, whatever diseases you have, okay, or, or, or symptoms. The first thing, does someone else have it? Your mom, you know, for me, it's very simple. I, go, I don't know. I don't know. But the thing is, think about this uh, symbolic thing that the wood is cut off from a natural ground. So whatever your family line in the biological thing, you are cut off. Because you become born again. Okay? I remember Marilyn Hickey, she shared about that in her family line, there was a, when people reached about a certain age, they start having problems with their hearts. And when she started coming to that age, Marilyn Hickey, she said, oh, she, she started feeling something too. <laughs> and then she prayed, God, God, God. And then God said to her, God asked her, who is your father? It's you. And then he said, I have no heart problems. Mm. That's right. Amen. Do you understand? Because you got cut off from that line. And plugged into the silver, into the redemption. Now you have to understand is that uh, there's some, I don't know if, I don't hear it too much anymore. But there was a teaching in the body of Christ about family curses. You know, this is, this is not biblical. Did you understand? If you are a new creation... You are not in that line anymore. Amen. You know, in the natural, your dad might do this, or your dad might have that, and this have... No, you are cut off. Because you are a new creation. Now, it's interesting that this, this plank is covered with gold. Okay? And when it's put there, side by side... Now, gold talks about that you are in Christ. You are covered in gold. Think about that. So when God sees you, He does not see the wood. Amen. He sees the gold. He sees Jesus. Do you know what? Now, now listen to this. When the devil sees you, he sees gold too. Amen. Yeah, but how does the devil know so much about me? That's because your big mouth tells him everything. <laughs> That's right. He sees. He sees you in the gold. And he said, oh, I don't feel so good. He doesn't feel so good. Oh, I'm depressed. Oh, I think he's depressed. Let us call our friend the spirit of depression. But that's where, be careful what you say. Because you are hidden in the gold. Do you know that, that God sees Jesus when he sees you? Think about that. God sees Jesus when he sees you. He sees the gold. And when religion says, no, 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 I'm unworthy, I'm no good. No, no, you are the righteousness of God. Amen. Amen. You are a child of the living God. You are not a nobody. 
If you say you are a nobody, that is to say that the blood of Christ is not powerful enough to redeem you. You know, let's see how wrong we've gone. We think it's very holy to say these things, but what we are doing is actually, we are offending the sacrifice of Christ. Yeah. If I say I'm not worthy, I'm not good enough, and, and you know, I'm just a worm, and things like really what I'm saying is that the blood of Christ is not enough to redeem me. Mm. But the sacrifice of Jesus was in vain. You know, humility is not to say, I'm nobody. No, humility is to say, I am the righteousness of God. Amen. I can do all things with Christ who strengthens me. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. Yes. Whatever I lay my hands to shall prosper. That's humility. Why? Why? Because you know in yourself, you're just one pound. But you are hidden in the gold. Amen? Amen? You are hidden in the gold. And that's where we have to learn not to say what we were, but we're going to say what we are. Amen? You are not going to be, you are. Okay? The only thing I would have loved to see in, uh, in this the Passion of the Christ is when they come and they're looking for Jesus and they say, and when he, when he, because one of the Gospels say, I am. You know, I am. From, this is what God says to Moses. We're coming for Jesus, I am. And you know the Bible says, all was laid to the ground. Okay? And then we came up again. <laughs> These uh, people, if I, if I had gone to a Western man, and he said, who is it? I am. And I got slain to the ground. And then the other guy, he got his ear cut off, and he got his ear back. Then I'm telling you, I'm not going to arrest anyone. <laughs> Oh, there's something. If you want him arrested, do it yourself. Okay? And, uh, but you are in Christ. It's so important that when you become born again, you must understand you are truly a new creation. You are not the old person. Yeah, but something we still refer to ourselves as I was. No, you need to learn to refer to yourself as you are in the gold. The Apostle Paul, as I told you, he said, I have harmed no one. This is a mass murderer, nearly. I have harmed no one. He, he, threw, he threw people in prison. He persecuted people. He celebrated when Stephen was stoned. He said, I have harmed no one. Can you imagine that? That would be like Saddam Hussein got saved. And he said, oh, yeah, I have harmed no one. And people said, uh, no, because when you get born again, you are a new creation. Did you understand? The apostle Paul, he was, he, they were so scared of him. <coughs> but when he tried to approach the church, they didn't want him. That's why he needed Barnabas. <laughs> Can you? I, always, I always felt sorry for the guy who had to go and pray for Paul. <laughs> now, when he got blind, blinded on the road to Damascus, and then this and Ananias, He's praying, and when God shows up to Ananias, and when God says to Ananias, Ananias, I say, yes, Lord, I will do anything for you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. Oh, that's, I'm really pleased to hear that, Ananias. Could you go and visit Saul? <laughs> what? <laughs> what? So Ananias even said, hey, hey, children, Come and say goodbye to dad. Because <laughs> he has to go and pray for... 
No, there was no internet at that time. Okay, there was no anything that informed of that Saul had been saved. Did you understand? But he, 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 what, what the Apostle Paul realized was the power in the blood. Do you, do you understand? I, Saul, King Saul, he struggled with, he never saw himself as a king. He never saw himself as how God saw him. Many of us, we, we, our struggle is that we don't see ourselves as how God sees us. The, the sick is still trying to be healed. But the Bible says in 1 Peter 2.24 that by his stripes we have been. Think about it. We have been. You're not going to be. You have been. Do you, do you understand? The weak is not going to be. We are strong. The poor is not going to be rich. We are rich. But because of we don't see it. Because we still see ourselves from this perspective. We, we don't we, we still think it's something out in the future. But you, have you noticed there's no time in the kingdom of God? This is one of the dumbest things I've heard. Oh, I prayed to Jesus about this. Oh, what did Jesus say? He's told me to wait. You know, there, there, isn't, there, there is no time in heaven. Do you understand? There's no time in heaven. Do you know, I, 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 I'm going to talk about this next Sunday, but uh, the difference between the tabernacle of Moses and the tabernacle of David. Have you heard of, you know, there, at one stage there was two tabernacles. It's quite interesting, in one tabernacle there was no presence of God. We still did the sacrifices, and then, but God was not there. Do, do you understand? Anyway, but, but we, so, so that's where, like, when you read epistles in the New Testament... The, the Apostle Paul, he used the phrase many times, in whom, in Christ, like for example, Romans 8.1, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Amen? There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Uh, so, so, but I feel so condemned. I feel so condemned. I feel so condemned. No, now you're talking out. I've never said, oh, they feel condemned. Let it get us the friend, the accuser, to come and make them even more condemned. Do you know what? As long as you talk like God, the devil cannot see you. He sees you in the gold. Because you are in him. Okay? I mentioned before this thing about the, that we are epistles. Why, are we, why have God put us in the gold? Have you thought about it? Why? You know, what, what, what does it do? If you think in the image of a letter, did you notice <laughs> that the postman he don't deliver letters? He delivers envelopes. That's no, every letter he don't know the letters. But have you? But, but why is a letter in the envelope? Never thought about that. <laughs> he don't come with the letter, does he? If he just come with the letter, he will be... <laughs> oh, you, oh, you got a letter from... <laughs> Did you really write that back? 
No, he, he, he delivers envelope. Why is it in an envelope? To protect the letter. Why are you in Christ? Why are you in the gold? To protect you. That's why we are in Christ. You know, you might feel condemned, but you know you are in Christ. So now, I'm not condemned. It's to protect you. You might feel pain, but by his stripes you have been healed. You might feel unworthy, but you are in the gold. Okay? You are in the gold. The other thing about the letter is in an envelope. It keeps it clean. You know, you don't see any coffee sprinkles when you open the letter. <laughs> coffee marks or tea marks or, or anything. It's kept clean in the animal. Do you, in Christ, you are kept pure. You know, I'm not holy because of me. I'm holy because of Him. Do you understand? I'm, I'm not powerful because of me. I'm powerful because I'm, as long as I'm in Him. I'm strong as long as I'm in Him. As long as I'm, I'm, I'm holy. Do you know that we should call one another the saints? Yes, amen. St. Oliver. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so when you can be St. Oliver the third or sixth, you can, you can put as many numbers behind it. It sounds more impressive. <laughs> but... Think about that. Our righteousness is of Christ. It's not according to what we do. It's according to what He has done. You know, uh, there's an interesting image about when when, when they make the golden calf. That they realize when Moses is on the mountain and Aaron, he's left on his own. You know, you, you see every time Aaron... It's left on his own. He's messing things up. Every time he's with Moses, things are okay. But every time he's away from... Have you noticed that, you know, as long as you're in the church, everything is fine. But the moment you're outside of church, that's where the challenges are coming. Do you, do you understand? Now, the, the thing was that the Israelites, they, they sacrificed their earrings. That's right. They, they offered the earrings to, to make the golden calf. Okay, what is, so, 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 we, so what we did was that they, they, they worshipped, what we, we made a golden calf, that is a sign of labor. And then, so they made labor to be how they became righteous. In, but where they should have, where righteousness is through their hearing. Yeah. Hearing the good news that the price has been but, but back to this thing you and I we have to learn to see ourselves as the righteousness of God yeah. it's, it's something that is very difficult because of we all been brought up and we know in, within ourselves our limitations but we need to learn to look at ourselves that I, can, I am the righteousness of God not because of me but because of the blood because of the sacrifice I am the righteousness of God you know but I don't know if we do it anymore, but I remember when I came to England, there was a woman, and I never met her, so the way we talked about it was, oh, she's so holy. She only, she, she, only angels, they're walking there. She walks like she was really, really holy. But, 
you know what it does? It gives a wrong impression of who God is. Did you understand? Because God is your father. Do you understand? God is not like, oh, be quiet. Be scared. Because that's not what Jesus came down to. Jesus came down to make God approachable. That's why, like, you know, one, one thing I think Mel Gibson got really good in this um, Passion of the Christ was, you see, if you can remember, you see the glimpse where he's playing with his mom. You know, remember when he talked about the table? You remember? You can't remember. You fell asleep with him. <laughs> Some of the people, oh, this is the cinema. It's dark, soft chairs. <laughs> but, no, but, but he, you know, it shows Jesus as, you know, but God is not someone of distance. That's why he sent Jesus. You know, but he wants you to be able to have free speech. In his presence. Why? Because he's your father. He is your father. He wants you to be normal. In his presence. A lot of the worship that we've been accustomed to is Old Testament worship. It's it's rituals. But it's not free. (coughs) Did you understand? It's rituals. But not for you know. Uh, I guess just say you know. Uh, just you know, just go over Hosea nine eleven. I'll, I'll just see. Hosea nine eleven. Is that the one? Now I got it wrong. I start Hosea. You see, yeah. Oh, let's when we go. So, I thought it was Hosea nine eleven. I was here, but. If you don't know where Hosea is, don't ask me. <laughs> I'm just, uh, uh, is it just wait. It's just see. Hosea. No, it's not 9 11. Is it. Uh, someone can go Google the tabernacle of David. He will restore the. But what it says, if someone go, he will, in the last days, he will restore the tabernacle of David. Okay? Not the tabernacle of Moses. And what is interesting about the tabernacle of David was that, remember that the, the Ark of the Covenant got stolen or taken because of the Israelites were rebellious. And when we brought it out into battle, and I think it was the Philistines who took it. And uh, yeah, Amos nine eleven. Oh, it sounded the same. Hosea and Amos. <laughs> I still haven't found it. So, 
That's why it's good to have the Bible on your phone. Okay, so say, in that day, I'll raise up the fallen booth of David, okay, of the tabernacle of David. Okay, the tabernacle of David. Now, if you, so, so what happened was, when we brought back the Ark of the Covenant, because of, uh, while it was with the Philistines, it caused all sorts of problems. And when the Philistines decided, oh, we better send it back. And when it came back, Remember, there was someone, when there was a, someone who opened up the ark and looked in. You know, the, 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 the top, remember the top, the lid of the ark of the covenant. You know, what, you know how, what I'm talking about, you know, with the angels. Mercy seat. Yeah, it's called the mercy seat. And, uh, and, and what happened, with, what is interesting with that mercy seat, actually, it was beaten out of one solid piece of gold. Did you understand? That's actually why what you see when Jesus, he got beaten, he got uh, uh, struck, and what, what happened is that it got beaten out the mercy seat in one piece of solid gold. But what was inside of the Ark of the Covenant? Remember what is inside of the Ark of the Covenant? The Ten Commandments. Aaron's staff. Aaron staff that bought it. And the manna. And the manna. Do you know what that represents? Israel's rebellion. Isn't it interesting that God put it into the mercy seat so it was covered? I actually think that when I, I had a thought the other day, that when Moses came down from the mountain and he saw that the Israelites were dancing around the golden calf, if he had run into the camp, with the Ten Commandments, the whole camp would have died. Because the glory of God would have killed them all. That's why he broke the, the tablets outside of the camp. I always thought it was just because he lost his temper. Because that's what Hollywood told me. Have you ever watched the Ten Commandments? Yeah. Moses. Moses. Uh, Moses, come up here. <laughs> Can you imagine if God speaks like that to you when you get Natalie? <laughs> come here. Do, do I have to? <laughs> you know, that's not how God is. Do you understand? He, you know, but God speaks like normal. When Samuel served in the temple, he said, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel, he thought he was Eli. That's right. yeah. Think about that. If you can't hear, obey a natural voice, you can't hear the godly voice. Think about that. Yeah. So when your parents tell you something, you're not God. Um, anointed and appointed by God. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Do you know it, it's true? <coughs> I, I, but 
no, so, no, so, so, no, so, 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 about Aaron, so and then we all have to put the staff down. And when it was Aaron's staff that bought it, and and the manor was when we complained about the manor, but it was all covered. But back to this, so someone opened up and he saw this and he died because it has to be covered. And so they left it there, and and it was only when David became king. So so now you have to say now the tabernacle was still. There, in I think it was in Gibeon, and uh, so, and we still did all the rituals, but there was no ark. Can you imagine? You do all the ritual, burn offerings, and lit the candles, the, put the show bread out, and all these things, but there was no God. Billy Graham, he said this thing that when when the rapture happened. He was absolutely sure that many churches will still carry on doing services because they wouldn't know. Okay, many church, we, we can do all the rituals, but God is not there. And uh, and then next time you know, uh, so when David he became king, and I actually believe that's a part of why God said, "This is a man after my own heart." What was that? Because David's heart was to bring the ark of the covenant to Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you understand? And so, so, so when David became king, they, they tried to uh, to bring it to, and that's where it fell over, and a man touched it, and he got killed. Okay, because of you don't carry the presence of God just in any way. Okay, and uh, so David he found out, and uh, so he 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 left it at uh, I think it was Edom's house. And it says that Obed Edom's house was very, very blessed while the Ark of the Covenant was there. So Obed Edom, he started being nice to his wife, made her breakfast, <laughs> free course dinner. <laughs> and, and, and the children behaved, and the neighbors were nice, the grass didn't grow long. You know, the blessing was, uh, the weed died by itself in the garden, because the blessing was... Okay. Anyway, so they found out, and when you remember when, when David brings the Ark of the Covenant into Jerusalem, he's dancing, and they playing in front of it, and that's the tabernacle of David. No rituals, but pure worship and praise, and that's what God is going to restore back. You know, in the last days. But we'll talk more about it next time. But but the thing is that. What it talks about, but you know, we, we talk very often that we we're too scared of being too familiar with God. Okay, I'm telling you, if you meet God, that will never be a problem. Okay, once you meet God, because you cannot stop respecting Him, because you met Him, you cannot stop loving Him because you met Him. You know, there is no, no such thing as you would be too familiar. Because if you do that, that is a, you being too familiar is a sign of what is going on in your heart. And if that is still in your heart, you're not really met him. That's right. Do you understand? That's where you get... You know, if Jesus walked in here physically right now, you know, we, you know, you, we wouldn't be too familiar. But 
when you, but when you see that everyone, that when Jesus walked in the Gospels, everyone approached him. He was approachable. Do you understand? He was not like, don't come too near. No, he said, come near. The disciples were trying to keep the small children away from him. Don't disturb the master. And he said, don't let the children hold the children back. Because for such as these, the kingdom of God belongs. Do you, do you understand? But I believe what he said by that is that he said that unless you are a child, you cannot enter in. Meaning, you have to be born again and God needs to be your father. Doesn't mean you need to be childish. That's where, when you go to some of these charismatic conferences and things like that, I'm sure a lot of what you see is not God. When people, they behave all sorts of crazy ways. And, no, I don't know if you've seen it. Uh, for me, I don't think it's God. I believe it's them responding to God, but I don't believe it's God. You know, like, the more crazy you are, the more spiritual you feel. You know, I, I, I remember Nelson's, do you remember that there was a woman? I remember still that she got prayed for, she laying, fell on the floor, and then she tucked herself in with a blanket. Now she's going to lay down here. Okay. Uh, I'm telling you, I see many people, they fall because they think they have to fall. Because this is. This is very, very. No. But if you, you could always, when Jesus is present, you will always feel at ease. Okay? You will always feel at peace. Now, not so much peace that you fall asleep, but at peace. <laughs> I have this friend. He's still traumatized about it. He went to this meeting. He fell asleep. And the preacher, he said to him, and his name, he, so he, he called him, him by his name. So he said to the preacher, are you sleeping? And, <laughs> and everyone laughed, of course. I said. So I said to him, you know, you should have been quick and jumped up, looked around and said, am I the only one? <laughs> when you will have embarrassed the preacher. Okay. But, but in the new covenant, you have to, God wants you to come near. Okay, I believe that John the Beloved, he, he symbolizes it. This is how close Jesus wants you to be. It talks about at the Last Supper that John put his head to his chest. Think about that. That's how close Jesus wants you to be with him. Not, not distant, not far away, but close. Okay. So, um, so the last thing about the bars, they stand side by side. Do you understand? In the tabernacle, they, they stand side by side. Not one is, no, it's not some, some planks are like uh, uh, horizontal and vertical. No, they're all standing side by side. That means all, none of us, no matter who you are, are more than anyone else. We are all the same. Right. We all bought with the same blood. No, no one is taller. No one is l l lesser. We are all the same. Okay? And, and because we all been redeemed by the same blood. But now we're, 
But now, it stands in the square. So now think about, when you see someone else, we have to learn to see the gold. Yes. And that can be difficult sometimes. True. Okay? So if someone irritates you, I see the gold. <laughs> I see the gold. <laughs> I see gold. <laughs> it's like, I love you because I have to. <laughs> no, you know, we, 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 we have to see the gold. Do, do you understand? We have to learn to see the gold. And when you start seeing the gold, because actually very often, the reason for we don't see the gold is because we don't see ourselves in the gold. Yeah. Do, do you understand? No, like, if, if someone is nagging, and you get irritated because, uh, you, know, you, you know, because wood, uh, what happens when you put wood together? It brings a fire, <laughs> which is not good. Okay, when you rub wood against wood, right. if you've ever been a scout, <laughs> when it's supposed to create fire, I've never been a scout. For, I mean, weather is not to be a scout in England. <laughs> okay. <laughs> You'll be stupid to be a scout in England. Okay? But learn to see the gold. And, so, and in that square, in the midst of that, there is the Ark of the Covenant that shines. So when you keep focusing upon Jesus, you start shining. Do you understand? But if you want to grow, you have to keep looking at Jesus. You have to keep looking at Jesus. That's why, <clears throat> keep hearing him. Keep hearing him. Keep hearing him. <clears throat> I'm telling you that many people, they, they want to have this from God. They want to do this for God. And most of them, I can tell you, they will never get it. Why? Because they don't build their life around God. I'm telling you. In the, you know, it's, I, I, I don't even need to be prophetic about that. Uh, like I had this woman many years ago, and this is this was a sad story, really, because of, I used to run a healing school in Leeds, and uh, and when this this was an Indian couple, the woman was ill, and uh, she, so they came a few times. One one afternoon, he called me, the husband. So we can't make it tonight. Why? Because I this was Sunday evenings, because I have to watch the World Cup final in football. Okay, never mind, the wife was terminal ill, he had to watch the World Cup in football. So I was young, younger, <laughs> and so I said to him, okay, you better watch it because that will be the last finals he will ever watch. What I was trying to say to that is that if you put God second, God will put you second. Do you understand? If you put God third, God will put you third. But if you put God first, he will put you first. Because the measure you measure with, he will measure back to you. Did you understand? You know, like, and, and that's where I, I was just reading this thing about the, the, the money thing in the Bible. Do you know that it's, it's actually, it's the money thing that, that a lot of people get in trouble with. Think about Judas. For 30 silver pieces, he missed God. Okay, think about it. 
for 30 pieces of silver, he missed God. He got blinded. Did you understand? Ananias and Sapphira. Can you imagine a church service? Oh, the presence of God was powerful. What happened? Two people died. (laughs) It was really powerful. What happened? Oh, when we took the offering, two people dropped dead. (laughs) <laughs> no, no wonder no one wants to come to church no, but think about it. they were in the greatest outpouring of the Holy Spirit and still the love of money diverted them it is a dangerous dangerous thing and some people they say it's because of if you're messing around with God God will protect his church so he will slap you if you come to mess around and he slapped you so hard that some got slapped into eternity. Okay. <laughs> he didn't just got slapped into next week, he was into eternity. And, and I, but when, that's when you mess around. And you, you, we have to learn to be a church where we, we put him first. N- not be a f- no, not, uh, not be worried about the people because if you know who you are, if you know you are the gold, okay. Now you understand the world cannot see the gold in the tabernacle. No, uh, no. There's there's four layers of skin over the tabernacle. I always wondered. You no, know, we talk about the last skin. The, the outer skin is an uh, is a badger skin, ugly skin, and some translation talks about dolphin skin or something. So I always wonder, where did we get that from? In the desert. When I realized, when we walked through the Red Sea, when the water spit, I went, oh, there's a dolphin. <laughs> no, I don't know if that's not there. <laughs> but, <laughs> no, remember, what, what, where is, where is, I can't remember, is it a cartoon where we, about the Red Sea? Is it, is, the one of Moses was it Prince of Egypt Prince of Egypt where they go through the Red Sea and then you see the dolphin swimming now the whale swimming up and turning around <laughs> so I think they're just oh whale <laughs> okay but but the world doesn't see it but it doesn't matter if the world doesn't see it because you know do you know so you have to so when you when you witness to people you, you're not witness to them for your sake yeah. No, you're still saved. That's right. Amen. Yes. So, so you go and witness because you've been in the presence of God. You've been go the, the glory of shined upon you. So you go out and witness. Oh, and then they go. Oh, you're doing it for their sake. No, for, for for your own sake. No, no, because I'm still saved. Yes. Okay. You, if you get a little bit discouraged, you go back into the presence of God. Yes. And when the gold shines, when you come out, or oh, you might have a little bit, a little bit pain here when you come in and when you go about to and when you meet someone oh I got pain here oh I, I just came I can give it to you yeah. and when you go back you might feel a bit weak you go back into the presence of God and he shines on you and you come strong amen and when you come out like this yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. amen <laughs> you are in the presence of God yeah. the world doesn't see it doesn't really matter because you know, you're not defined by what people say. You're defined by the blood of Christ. Amen. Amen. You're defined. 
the soul was defined by the people around him. David, he was defined by God. <coughs> if you read about David's mighty men, they were not mighty when they came. No, they were indebted, distressed. No, it was mostly the worst people you could find. And they came to David in the cave of Adullam. But the good thing, I just read it the other day, they don't stay in the cave of Adullam. The prophet comes and tells them to go to Judah. What is Judah? Praise. Do you know what? When you're in the presence of God, you worship and you praise. And it can make the most distressed person into a mighty man of God. Okay? That's where you have, that's why you, have to, you and I, we have to come to church all the time. Because of, in ourselves, we cannot encourage ourselves. We need outside help. Okay? The last thing about the borders, so the way they put together the, the planks is like uh, through, so it's like if I'm a plank, all of a sudden next to me, so through here, the side, there's a golden plank. Do you know? No one can see, but it testifies about when Jesus hung on the cross and put a spear in through his side. But it also talks about that Christ is not just upon me. He's also in me. Amen? Amen. 